of the Clay Edwards Show here on 103.9 FM WYAB. Hey guys, let me tell you what's for lunch today, real quick before we get to our guest, Nick Bain. If you're in Madison or downtown Brandon, Burgers, Blues, Barbecue is going to be the spot today for lunch. Blue plates, only twelve fifty. And hey, before you before you say, man, that's high. Now go to a fast food restaurant and see how, see what you get for twelve fifty. Uh, send me a picture. Actually, don't do that. Do not go eat fast food. Anyway, today Burgers and Blues, the Blue Plate Special is hamburger steak and country fried steak with mashed potatoes, corn, and green beans. That is located right there in downtown Brandon and in Madison. Also, if you're in downtown Jackson, Martin's, the blue plate special of the day, is pot roast. And you get a couple of sides with that, salad, the whole nine yards. And, of course, there are full menus available. And I always recommend trying their country fried steak as well. We'll tell you more about Martin's and Burgers and Blues as we go on with the show today. Some of the other stuff they got going on. And don't forget, Burgers Blues Barbecue has a new location opening right there in Flowood by the middle of November at the latest, sometime between the 6th and the 13th, assuming all goes as planned. So, uh, Flowood, you'll have another great burger joint and plate lunch special coming your way. But uh, again, we'll, we'll tell you more about them before we get out here out of here today. Let's go to the phone line here. We've got my buddy and a state rep up there in North East Mississippi, Mr. Nick Bain. Good morning, Nick. Hey, Clay. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Thank you for uh, helping carve out some time and uh, hopefully making this a bit more of a regular occurrence. I, I like having you on. I like getting your input on stuff and uh, with your experience and knowledge and all. Uh, I won't be the smartest yeah. guy. I won't be the smartest guy in the room. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that, if you're asking me to be that, that's a low bar. But anyway, I appreciate you having me, and uh, 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 you know, I enjoy coming on. You got a good audience, and and you talk about topics that are very interesting to me and and something that i've worked on for a long time so i appreciate you having me well, i appreciate it well look man obviously i'm very passionate about what go, uh, the crime situation in jackson and you were a huge part of helping to curve that somewhat so uh, again i think jackson owes you a debt of gratitude and I well hope- let me say and let me tell you listeners uh you were phenomenal the other day when we had the hearing uh everybody was uh excited to hear you talk i had people from around the table text me uh, you know about Clay Edwards talking and and getting your your feedback. So uh, you did great, and uh, uh, I appreciate you coming. And I'm I'm thankful that you took the time and and uh, you were able to have that platform to tell people what uh, the man on the street uh, sees Jackson as, sees the crime issues as. So uh, it was a very valuable testimony, and I'm I'm thankful for it. Well, I, I appreciate it. And I, I think all people will appreciate what you do. And you know, a conversation you and I had. And I hope I hope, hope you don't mind me bringing this up, but a conversation you and I had when we first started talking uh, in texts and stuff was we're, we're both passionate about people getting second chances and people getting a good defense. And I, you know, I told you I said I know a lot of conservatives. They're so we're so lock them up, lock them up, lock them up. That sometimes we don't think about the rehabilitation and we don't think about the second chance when people get out. You know, I'm a huge believer that nonviolent and non-sexual. Uh, felony felon offenders get an opportunity to get their voting rights back the opportunity to own a firearm uh equal opportunity to get a job somewhere i i think that making people live with that mistake forever if if you know if it wasn't a violent crime 
I think I think that's something wrong, and I, I think what you're doing with this public defender stuff is right in that same that same lane. Well, yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, look, we have to make a determination in this state of who we are mad at and who we're scared of. And those that we're scared of, they need to be locked up. They don't need to be in society. And those that are we're mad at, you know, do what we need to do to, to punish them or whatever. But you're exactly right. Give them the tools to reenter into society. Uh, give them the tools to, 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 to be rehabilitated and to be uh, uh, successful because it ends up costing us in the long run. I mean, you know, it's, it's right at twenty twenty five thousand dollars a year to house somebody in MDOC custody. Well, you know, we as a state per capita have the largest amount of incarcerated people in the country, and you know, we're a poor state. There's no if and buts about that. So when you start doing the math and putting the math to that, a lot of times people are in there for not not. I would say ninety five percent of people are in there are for some type of nonviolent offense, and this is what I try to tell a lot of my legislature friends. They're going to get out at some point. You know, they're going to. We need to make that a soft landing for them and not and to give them the resources to get out and not to get back in. Uh, so you're exactly right. Uh, and I think we do that. You start to see it, it starts to help curb the crime uh, on, on the front end and, and keeping people – uh, from going to prison and then allows us to, to go after those really bad actors, those people that we're really scared of. Uh, because, you know, these low-hanging fruit drug crimes, they get on the docket. They've got to be prosecuted, too. And that takes times away from the violent murders, the violent rapes, the, the child sex cases, whatever the case may be. It takes away from, from them, and then you, it's just a, a trickle-down effect. So you're exactly right, and I appreciate you having that opinion and sharing it because uh, we do need to make things. And, I, and number one, and I think it's a, a Christian thing to do is to give people the ability to give their life and turn their life around. Yeah, I mean, I, I tell you, I've been, something I've been very public about. And since I've been speaking out about it, I've been surprised at how many people who are what I would call dying the wool conservatives have actually agreed with me. And I think sometimes somebody with a platform just needs to say it and then others are like, oh, oh, it's okay to think that. I mean, I hate to call people sheep, but sometimes there is some group think to it. And because it's easy to get in a circle and be like, oh, tough on crime, lock them up, throw away the key. Well, I agree with lock people up when they need to be locked up, 100%. Mm-hmm. Right. But, but what are we going to do when they get out? Man, you throw a starving man back out on the street that ain't got no way to feed himself, what's he going to do? Most likely rob you. Well, that's right. And then, then you got the collateral effects, Clay, of, of maybe you got a, uh, a dad who, went to jail or a mom who had a just say a mom that went that went for a drug issue and now she's got a kid out there that the state's taken over that kid's become a ward of the state uh, so you got those all those collateral issues too that that this impacts so uh, it's it's certainly something that uh, we made strides at the last uh, couple of years I know that you talked to Russ Latino and, and his groups and and some of these Groups have always uh, taken this up and put it on the mantle to try to help reentry, and and I think you're going to start seeing it being chipped away more and more. Yeah, I I sure hope so. I think it's it, we talk a lot about second chances, and I think that is that that to me that's just it just makes all the sense in the world from a financial standpoint for the state, the financial burden to mm-hmm. to the, like you said the un the the unintended consequences, the children being raised without a parent. 
and the life of crime that they can end up in following and unintended following in a mom or father's footsteps because that, that parent wasn't there. You see it happen so much. It's gen, it's, it creates generational poverty. No, you're exactly right. And that's a great way to look at it. It does. And it's something that we have. It, and, it, and you're exactly right, too. It's a change in the mindset by the electorate. It's a change in the mindset of, by policymakers to say, hey, look, we've been doing this a certain way for over you know, 50, 60 years. Maybe we need to start looking at the way we're doing things differently, and that was and that and the legislature's been doing that over the last twelve years or so. I agree, uh, and I think and I think they're going to continue to to look at some of those reform issues. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll end this topic with this. Um, I I thought that was one of the biggest things, generational changes that Donald Trump made as president, other than what he did with our Supreme Court, was the the criminal justice reform that he did. It, it was long overdue, and I'd like to see more of it. You're exactly right, and and we followed suit on some of the stuff we did in Mississippi, the Fresh Start Act, First Step Act, some of that stuff, giving people the ability to get back into uh, the workforce. Uh, he was that was a part of his presidency that doesn't get a whole lot of credit, uh, and he was he, he should be commended on that. Yeah, you know, one more thing I just thought of on, on the in the same vein of this, I do want to give a shout out to Mississippi Department of Corrections. I saw where they've now put a barber college in the in one of the prisons to help teach people a legitimate trade that they can bring back out with them. And I, I love that. I absolutely. Right. Can we do more of that? Can we turn these prisons into a bit of a Votech type yeah, thing for, for a certain to. segment of the criminals? And Bradley Lom down there runs uh, prison industries where he takes a number of those and they learn how to make chairs. They learn how to make uh, uh, text, uh, 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 paper products and stuff like that. You know, sell, they're selling office furniture now. So it's a great resource, uh, but you're exactly right. Put them to work and let them learn a skill um, so that they, so that when they get out, they do have that soft landing that we've been talking about. I mean, you know, then the state can sell the products that they're making and, mm-hmm. and, and re- right. recoup some funds. It just, it just makes absolutely. too much sense. Yep. All right. You're hey, right. Let's do this. We, 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 we took up that whole segment talking about that, but that's something I know we're both passionate about, so I wanted to give it time to breathe. Let's take a break real quick. We'll come back, and let's jump into uh, Brandon Presley and Tate Reeves. Uh, some of this polling suggests that Brandon's got a little bit more than just a puncher's chance at this thing, so I want to take a look at that. we got Nick Bain with us, and we'll be right back on the other side of this break on the Clay Edwards Show. All right, welcome back in to the Clay Edwards Show. Guys, if you need your windows tinted, windshields replaced, vehicle wrapped, or ceramic coated, that's right, they're offering ceramic coating now at the Lakeland Glass and Tint. That's right, uh, Lakeland Glass and Tint's doing it all. Ceramic coating, window tint for your home, car, or business, and uh, vehicle wraps. Hey, they they can also wrap your home car or business as well uh that's right man you, uh, you want to get a wall done you got something in mind some kind of special design you would like to have and it got to just be promoting your business it can be just a design that you want put on a wall or as well you know if you want to promote your business get your logo put inside your business whatever you like to do you got a restaurant want to put your whole want to turn your whole wall into a menu they can do that at lakeland glass and tent get a quote today start at lakeland glass and com, and don't forget they are the expel Dealer of the Year. Expel is the premier window tent manufacturer, uh, vehicle wrap and PPF manufacturer, and now 
becoming one of the best ceramic coating manufacturers in the world. And our very own Lakeland Glass and Tent is their installer, dealer of the year. All right, let's go back to Rep. Nick Bain. Nick, you there, brother? Yes, sir. All right, good stuff. All right, so we're, we're, we're fastly approaching um, the gubernatorial election here in Mississippi. Of course, everybody knows we've got incumbent Tate Reeves going up against Brandon Presley on the Democrat side. And I'm going to tell you real quick, man, I've got to hear Brandon speak twice publicly at the Neshoba County Fair and then once again at uh, the Rankin County Republican breakfast they do out there at McLean's. Right. And when I was at the at the McLean's, Brother, I had no idea I was listening to a quote-unquote Democrat because I was sitting behind where he was, and I didn't hear them introduce him. I mean, if you get him in front of the right crowd and he gets a chance to talk, he can talk the talk. Oh, there's no doubt. He's dynamic, and he's really good on the stump. And, uh, you know, he's he's a fantastic speaker. I've, I've had the opportunities to speak before him and after him. Uh, in my career, and I've always preferred going before because you didn't want to go after him. Uh, so Brandon's great on the stump, and you're right. He talks about some issues that really resonate with everyday Mississippians, um, and there there's there's some conservative issues that he that he champions, um, and some populist issues that he's champion, and, and even some liberal issues that he's champion. So he runs the gamut. Uh, of, of what he says, but but he is a phenomenal politician. I will say that. No, he, he is, I, and I'm gonna tell you, I I, I had a conversation with him uh, in, a, in a message, and I just told him this is my personal opinion. I said, man, you're missing the boat trying to push this tamp stuff. You know, trying to connect Tate to the tamp, the temporary assistant. Right. You know that right. I said. I said, yeah. I, I know that that plays very, that's very popular in the circles of people who are already going to vote Democrat. But if you're trying to to convert conservative, you know, Republican voters, moderate voters, I just I I think that falls on deaf ears. It, it wasn't it, it was a terrible situation, but I still don't think Tate was involved in. I mean, I understand the play. I just don't think it's a good one. I thought if you wanted to try to convert angry, disenchanted conservative voters, you do it through reminding everybody about the COVID stuff and how covid was handled and i know people will say well you know compared to other states there were still a lot of mistakes made you know and i know just from listening to my radio show and my audience and what people complain to me about that's still the number one thing that people got sand in their crawl over that would have been the card i played but i guess democrats have a hard time playing that card because they were so bad at it oh you're exactly right i mean that that stuff uh and I guess he's trying to use some of that to motivate the Democrats to get out, to motivate them and to remind them about what happened with it. But, you know, there hasn't been anything, like you said, with, with Tate, uh, you know, it's happened before his 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 uh, governorship. So I agree with you. I think he's trying to motivate the, the Democrats, motivate them because he can he can motivate them. You know who knows? It's going to be close as it is. Uh, but if there's a high turnout with the uh, with that uh, demographic, with that group, uh, Democrat group, you know he he could take the thing. I guess he's trying to motivate them. But to get into the middle part uh, where he's got to get over the fifty percent, yeah, he's. I don't. I'm, I'm like you. I don't think that resonates with those uh, moderate voters as much as say maybe 
Medicaid expansion does, as maybe some of the hospital crisis stuff does. Um, you know, h- however you feel about that, uh, I, I do think that resonates with some of the the working class uh, people who who would identify themselves on a more conservative spectrum. I think that identifies with them. Um, but you know, I tell you, up here in Northeast Mississippi, which he's from here, yeah. but up here in Northeast Mississippi, Clay, there's people in, in Alcorn County who have a Donald Trump sign or Donald Trump flag waving on their flagpole and a Brandon Presley sign in their yard. It's the it's the craziest thing that I've seen, and I think a lot of that is he is exactly what you said. He resonates with people far better uh, than Tate Reeves, and he has this this appearance of being an everyman. Uh, out there and, and can talk to the lowest person uh, in, in society and up to the up to the king of England, if you will. So he has that ability. Um, but I, 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 I kid you not, I see people who, who didn't vote for me because they think I was a rhino because I voted to change the flag, but they got a Brandon Presley sign in their yard. It's, it's the craziest thing. That's the dynamics that it's hard to, hard to quantify because um, – there, there is so much of that, and I, and I agree with you. I, I think that his ability—I call it hand-to-hand combat—just that, that yeah, knock, right. knock, knocking on doors, looking people in the eye, and talking to them—that goes so far. You know, if you can get in front of enough people, and I think that's one, just one thing that Tate lacks. And you don't have to say this; I will. Tate's got a likability issue, and he—he he, he comes across very just unlikable. I don't know another way to say it. To, just in my personal opinion. But it's hard to argue with Tate's success from the economic standpoint. And look, and again, I'm passionate about the Jackson stuff. What he did during the Jackson water crisis and stood up to those people and being called a racist and everything else, he stood up and he did not cower down and he continued to call it out for what it was, being a crisis of incompetence. Tate won me back. because I was one of the hot ones over the COVID stuff, and I still am. It's hard to – I just can't forgive it. But – but what he what he's done otherwise, I can't argue with it. And I will say to your point about the Medicaid expansion, I'm one of those blue collar people that would like to, you know, that would like some 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 assistance if available when it comes to Medicaid expansion. Right. You know, so that's a conversation I've had a lot on here, and I know that's another unpopular thing in conservative circles, just because we've been beating in the head so long about it being a Democrat thing, or we take it back to Obamacare, or all these other things. But I think it's something we need to take a bigger look at. Yeah, to your point on Tate, you, you're exactly right. He, you can't argue that he has that Mississippi. Uh, you know, for, he's governor for the past four years, but he was lieutenant governor and a policymaker for for eight years prior to that. So, you know, you can't argue that uh, we are in a better place than we were. You have just look at our schools. Our schools and the education part has turned around tremendously. Done a really a 180 now that, and with with the third grade reading gate and people in our schools being far more successful than they were uh, just 15 years ago. Uh, and then you look at some of the other issues that the, the jobs that are coming in. That uh, and I, you know, I think unemployment's low. You can't argue with with the policies and stuff that he's done. But you're exactly right. He has he has a prop. He has a problem re- relating to people. So I do. Nick, do you mind? You mind if we take a call? Absolutely. Sure. Let's, let's take a call here. Hey, caller, you're on the air with Nick Bain and Clay Edwards. You got a question? Well, I, it's just a personal issue. I am a Republican. I don't really like Tate Reese, 
but I'm going to vote for him. I would not vote for somebody that had a D in front of their name if somebody walked up there and offered me a thousand dollars. I, I, I hear, um, I've heard him talk about expanding the Medicare and all this kind of stuff like that, and I, I don't think we, it needs any more expansion. We need to cut some of this stuff off. Uh, I'm sorry, I said Medicare, the Medicaid. But, no, I wouldn't vote for Brandon Presley if he was the last person on the face of the earth. That's just my personal opinion. No, look, and, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of people out there. Thank you for sharing all your viewpoints, too. Those are just mine. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey. And, Clay, at the end of the day, that's the hurdle that Brandon Presley's got to get over, in my view. That's the hurdle he's got to get over. It's just that Democrat uh, uh, moniker and, and Mississippi you know, he, he may be the better politician. He may be more likable. But at the end of the day, he's got to get over that D beside his name. Yeah, you know, I've had this conversation. I, he probably had a better chance to primary Tate as a Republican. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but that's interesting. Uh, he, he may have. Uh, you know, the issue there becomes – uh, for me, is would he have gotten the money? And certainly, he wouldn't have got the money that he's gotten now. But well, true enough. And would he have needed? Would he have needed the money? You know, Bill Waller uh, was very close four years ago, uh, and, and he didn't have. I say very close. He put him. He 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 forced a runoff, and who knows? But uh, you're right. I hadn't thought about that issue. He he might he might could have. You know, another issue that me and my co-host Sean have talked about, and Sean's left left leaning, but. You know, with the platform, even though Presley is running as a Democrat, and of course he's leaned more into that, you know, for for fundraising and all that, I understand that. But he couldn't run for president under his platform as a Democrat. That's right. He couldn't. He wouldn't. He wouldn't get out of a primary with it. Mm-mm. Not with the pro life and pro Second Amendment and and whatnot. It, no, it, it, it and, would not work. No, you're you're right, and, and that's that's an interesting thing, and and uh, that that's. He he is going. He could be. He could potentially be governor, but he could never be elected president because of uh, of uh, how far left that national party has gotten. And correct me if I'm wrong. I think he's that's some of the issues that he has. Some of the money he's got has come from outside people, outside of uh, Mississippi, from some of those groups. That certainly I think hurts him. Uh, but for the most part, I still think it's going to be a close one of the closest governor's races and probably a generation cause i do you know especially especially if he gets the black vote out and he's he's working he's working the hbcu campuses and all that and getting in front of his many he i think he know obviously he knows it too he's got some smart people behind him running the campaign himself included you know if, if he can get that black vote out and you got enough of uh the disenchanted uh people in the middle man it, i'm telling you it, it, there's there's one poll that says he's he's only down by a point i think i saw it in mississippi today website but it's closer right, closer right. than i thought it would be at this point and then you got to wonder about the apathy of of republican voters are they going to come out and vote i don't know well you know that goes back to the likability I, I saw that there were some some anonymous uh republican strategists that uh they interviewed in mississippi today and they, they basically said the same thing was does tate's likability you know create an issue where people don't get out and vote yeah yeah i i agree uh you know, four years ago in the Republican primary, I believe Tate lost Rankin County, which is his home county. And that, that a lot of people said that the issue there was just uh, 
uh, the lockability factor with it. Um, but at the end of the day, I think there are far too many people like the caller we just had who, who, who may understand that Brandon Presley's a great politician. His policies are, are what they are, but he just got that beat inside his name and they can't go in there and vote for him. Yeah. I mean, when he, you know, he got almost a million dollars from the National Democrat Governors Association. And I just tells me that, that that's agreeing to work arm in arm with anything that they want to do. And I can just go back to lockdowns and all that stuff and masking and, vaccine mandates and all that kind of stuff that just resonates a whole lot with my audience and myself and i i, I can't tr- i may i may like you and i do like brandon i he he's a, a lot of things i like but man i just can't forget or forgive what's happened the last three or four years five years nationally with president trump covid and um and all that good stuff so Nick, right let's right. take a, let's, i get it and th- uh, yeah and like and like i said at the end of the day i think that's going to be really the deciding factor i think though politics agendas policies out the window they just people are going to go in there and look at r&d and make a vote yep let's take a break real quick come back with nick bain here on the line we're gonna hit a couple more topics uh if you guys got any questions for nick guns and gear text line 769 Four, you're welcome to call in too. Keep it civil, please, and uh, keep it on topic. Six zero one eight seven nine zero 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 two. This is the Clay Edwards Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. Real quick, guys, dinner tonight: Acme Pizza and Daiquiris, located right out there at Fannin Mart on the Res. Open daily at four p.m. Slanging fresh pizza pasta burgers and more to midnight every night seven days a week get a late night hunger pain hit up acme pizza and daiquiris 12 different specialty pizzas or you can always build your own or try the will of flavor put three different specialty pizzas on one pie they got nine different frozen daiquiris on tap that are also available to go or delivery (laughs) yeah say that again get daiquiris to go like we in louisiana that's right right over there at acme Pizza and Daiquiris. Check them out online. Search Acme Pizza and Daiquiris on the res. And uh, tell Chip Clay sent you. Chip will be on the radio with uh, with us tomorrow morning, too. So we'll have Chip Matthews back in here uh, in a, as a, an official political capacity. So uh, talking about what's going on in his race for District 5 supervisor in Madison County. All right, we got Nick Bain on the line. Hey, Nick, you there, brother? Yeah, yes, sir. Hey, so something else I put in my notes here uh, concerning the Brandon Presley stuff, and I, I think this is very interesting. I see where, and this is from uh, Russ Latino and the crew over at Magnolia Tribune, that says, uh, says Presley sings familiar Democrat tune with call to raise the minimum wage ahead of the election. You know, and I just, that's something that I don't think is going to resonate well with a certain segment of the voters he may be trying to flip in his direction. And it, and it tells me that you haven't owned a business. You know, if the, if the, what you want to do is put more expense on the business owner. And I don't have a problem with minimum wage being or people making more money if the business model works for them to make more money. I mean, fast food seems to be paying $15 an hour now. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I, just, I think it's kind of a, I don't know, pandering a bit. Yeah, I saw that yesterday and I cringed a little bit when I saw it. I, I don't know that that like you said, we'll, uh, we'll get some of these small business owners in, in, uh, in tow with him. Uh, I, I don't know that that will help him, but again, 
one of the biggest issues I think that he's trying to, to get is trying to motivate his base and to get his base act, active and get them out there and then get what he can uh, from those uh, undecided people. And, and I, I think that's just, like you said, pandering to that type of base uh, to get them motivated. Um, I, you know, that's an issue, and I just don't see – he can say all that that he wants, but keep in mind, a lot of that's got to still go through the legislature. And I don't see a Republican Senate and a Republican House supermajority in both uh, doing that. I, I mean, I guess he could do that with executive order. I, I think there may be some legalities there. I'm not an expert on that. But for the most part, I think he would have to get that through with the legislature. And I don't see a Republican legislature uh, led by Delbert Hoseman and, and probably incoming Speaker Jason White raising that on a statewide level i, I don't either uh, and again I, I i don't know i don't have the numbers i haven't dug into this i i don't plan on working for minimum wage anywhere again so yeah. I, I don't know how many places still still even actually do the minimum wage like i said it's become so hard for people to i think we have a way bigger um employment people who want to work issue than we do uh minimum wage issue i think most places have been forced to raise their minimum wage up to be competitive with other places to get imp- to get people to come work. That's right. You got a problem with people just you know your restaurants having waiters, wait staff. You, that's exactly right. Uh, you know, and maybe if you if you raise it, you get people out there. I don't know. That's out of my out of my wheelhouse a little bit. But you're right. We have all over the state people. Uh, there are plenty of jobs. I think I saw there are 85,000 available jobs in this state. So we don't have a job problem. We have a workforce problem right now. And let me ask you a question. Uh, this is related, unrelated, just off the top of my head here. You know, uh, there's been a lot of talk lately about during COVID how so many of the red states got redder and grew. And Mississippi was the only red state or, I guess, re- Republican-led, Republican governor state that did not grow during the great COVID migration. What do you think? What do you think holds Mississippi up from growing? Is it clearly when I mean, we've got eighty five thousand jobs now? If they're all jobs worth moving here for, I don't know. But clearly, there's job capabilities. There's a, the ability to get a job here. We we've got a, what I consider a great state. You know, what do you think holds people up? Is it is it the income tax? Is that what we're competing against when it's like Tennessee, Florida, and Texas, and some other places? Yeah, and I, I think that's a large part of it. I was on the income tax uh, study committee. I helped to write the bill to uh, to eliminate it a couple of years ago. You know, I live three miles from the state of Tennessee, uh, and I have people who uh, live in Tennessee and they work in Corinth or up here uh, for that reason, so that they don't have to pay their income tax. Um, I think it is something that you consider, but it. Look, anything that can make Mississippi more competitive, we have to we have to look at. And the income tax is certainly one of those things. I'm all in favor of eliminating the income tax. I think uh, there's a plan out there that that can do that. That helps to uh, at the same time not re- not reduce our revenue to a point to where we can't recover it. Um, that is an issue. I think that we lose uh, people, young people, many young people. Uh, are leaving the state, uh, going to Nashville or Birmingham and New Orleans or wherever you want to say. Just and and maybe that's just the the, the the them being youthful and wanting things to do, wanting to go to a place where you have more uh, 
pro sports, if you will, or more entertainment venues. Uh, sure. I get that. I get that. And that's an issue. And, and we lose a lot of our edu- more high, highly educated professionals doing that. So you have to try to incentivize it. Uh, and one of those ways is eliminating the income tax and, and trying to keep people here. You know, through the legislature, we've done that through uh, issues with trying to keep doctors and dentists here with uh, incentivizing them giving them income tax breaks, giving them other incentives to move here. Uh, the state's got to get creative on that because you're right. We're, we're not growing uh, in uh, like the rest of the states are. And, and in fact, in some areas of our state, we are uh, becoming absolute uh, deserts. So yeah. that's, hey. that's something. I can't, I can't speak to the answer to that, but yes, sir. Um, here's something that came up. You, you mentioned the, the Corinth and being right there up on the Tennessee line. So I know Tennessee doesn't have the state income tax, but the, the grocery tax there is what, 10%, I think? It, it, yes. Or the sales, sales tax. Higher than ours, yes. You know, sales but, tax is higher than ours. But no. during, during the summer months, don't they do a sales tax holiday on groceries for like two or three uh, months there in Tennessee? They do. Um, How does that affect and, and, the grocery stores in places like, uh, you know, I don't know what grocery stores y'all have in Corinth, but I would have to assume that if somebody can go just a few minutes over uh, from Tennessee, you know, stay in Tennessee or drive over to Tennessee and save that 10%, 7%, whatever in sales tax, man, they're probably going to do that if the juice is worth the squeeze. They're buying enough groceries. It's got to hurt business there at the in the north north corner of the state. They, they that, that certainly happens people drive across the state line to do that um and in the reverse months our sales tax is lower so they come back over here so is it enough to, does it offset i don't know because i think in corinth what we our sales tax is seven seven and a half i think um so it's about two cents less down here than it is up there yeah i didn't uh, think so about that side of it during the other months but uh yeah i mean people drive up there and of course we have a sales tax weekend i think in mississippi where everything is there is no sales tax but um you know all those ways of being creative to get people in are i think need to be discussed absolutely i you know i think that y'all have gotten so much done the last couple of years you know, I, I know the, the flags are thorn in some people's side, but I'll, I'll publicly say it again. If I'd had a vote, I would have, Clay Edwards would have, voted, would have voted to change it. And standing up for what you believe in, I think is important. So uh, I have a lot of beliefs that I don't think necessarily fit, put me in a box. And uh, that was one of them. So, well, I appreciate it. That's a great thing about, uh, about this country is people can have those beliefs and, and uh, exercise them. Yep. All right. Uh, it was kind of winding winding down here let's see here I mean, do you know anything about this um about mike johnson our new speaker of the house you know i watched that yesterday and i don't typically watch a lot of news but that was fascinating to me uh just to watch it and he seems to be a pretty uh down the line conservative guy uh you know i, I think he was a, a a trump guy he seems to be uh uh i saw one of i, th- I saw a snippet from a speech and he was uh, which is something I was very pleased to see. He was unafraid uh, to talk about his faith. And uh, in this time of uh, of our country, in this time that we live in, it's refreshing to see somebody go up there uh, and talk about their faith and not fear the repercussions of it. So I'm, I'm glad to hear him uh, talk about uh, his Christian beliefs and that, that he sees the world through that. So... Uh, 
you know, I'm exci- I'm excited they got somebody that they got it done. I mean, here here we are with a lot of stuff going on uh, with what's going on over in the Middle East, uh, and you had some infighting there between the Republicans and, and, and the inability to elect the speaker really really made this country didn't come off didn't come off looking good, especially with everything going on in, in the Middle East. So now I'm glad that they can get this done, get to work and, and put the country back uh where we need to be, which is uh representing the people and, and go to work to help Absolutely. Israel and do what we need to do. Absolutely. Uh, Nick, we've got about a minute left here in closing. You got anything for us, brother? Man, uh, no. Uh, again, like you said, uh, we, we talked about a uh, hearts and prayers do go out to the people in Maine, and, and I hope that uh, all that can come to uh, justice in, in a timely manner. But I do thank you, Clay, for having me. Uh, it's always fun, and I look forward to talking to you anytime, anytime you need me. Absolutely, brother. Well, uh, as the t- as things heat up, man, let's get you back on here leading up to the election and see how see what the temperature in the room is like. Yeah, absolutely, love to. All right, Nick Bain, appreciate you, brother. Have a good one. All right, see you, man. Yep. All right, man, appreciate Nick coming on. Let's take a break. Come back, land the plane for the day. All right, welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. Hey guys, I told you. Uh, that I would tell you a little bit about Burgers and Blues real quick. Don't forget, for all your holiday parties, they got you catering, taking care of Burgers, Blues, Barbecue. I've got to beat calling them Burgers and Blues out of my out of my memory. Burgers, Blues, Barbecue, also known as B3, the catering. They got you taken care of. Food trucks, they got multiple. They can handle all your events. Feed from five to 5,000. Keep them in mind for all your holiday party catering needs. Burgersblues.com. Okay. I appreciate Nick coming on. Uh, we're going to have Nick on as a regular here a little bit more often. I think he brings a lot of knowledge and information to the table that we'll be able to tap into as a, as a program. So I'm looking forward to that. Man, I've got so many topics here that I did last night to talk about. And we're going to have to save some of them for tomorrow. Or I may do an online show today. So make sure you're following me on uh, TikTok and Instagram and YouTube and all that. We may do a live feed here later. But uh, real quick, a little LOL at the Democrats. Uh, blowhard rep Democrat Jamal Brown has been criminally charged by the D.C. Attorney General after pulling fire alarm and shutting down Congress. Uh, will likely be spared from D.C. Gulag. He's an insurrectionist. He needs to be charged as an insurrectionist. You would be. I would be. He should be. But something's better than nothing. Maybe MAGA Mike can bring some charges now that he's in control of the Capitol Police. We'll see how it all unfolds. I'll be back here tomorrow. Coming up next, Mike Madison, followed by Jamison Haygood. I hope you enjoyed this clip of today's Clay Edwards show. You can tune in live every Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 a.m. on 103.9 FM, WYAB in Central Mississippi. You can stream it worldwide and live at WYAB.com, the TuneIn app, or Alexa. Just search WYAB. And, of course, you're listening now on a podcast, so you can just hit subscribe where you're at. We update daily right here on The Clay Edwards Show. And check out all things Clay Edwards at ClayEdwardsShow.com for shirts and more. Peace.